chicken fry And cold beer on a Friday night A pair of jeans that fit just right And a radio into episode 19 of the Beards Watch podcast. I am one of your hosts, Tom Parkman, joined, as always, by Mr. Jacob Rowland. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Tom. Yes, we're back. Episode 19. Can't believe it's already been 19 episodes, oh. but they've all been fun. And with us today, Vincent alum, a trailblazer, as the mascot and in the NASCAR world, they say. <laughs> He does like fried chicken, his chicken fried, but I don't think he likes a cold beer on a Friday night, maybe on a rare occasion. And he's a NASCAR race hub and NASCAR on Fox, his own, Adam Alexander. How you doing? Episode 19. Episode 19. Yeah. You can just start calling me Carl Edwards. Oh, look at that. Bring it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the way. Jacob's wife's favorite driver. Oh, uh, see, it's so, all perfect. It all comes full circle. Let me say the buffalo chicken wraps were outstanding. <laughs> I it was on the menu yep. for episode 19. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, it's great to be here. Well, nice. Thank you, thank you I've, for always, I've always wanted to be in the beard, Beards Watch basement. Well, there you go. That's <laughs> it. I'm glad you didn't require a beard to be on the show, because if you did, we, we'd be doing this like next Thanksgiving. <laughs> 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 all right, so, as Jacob said... Voice of the Xfinity Series, NASCAR and Fox, host of NASCAR Race Hub. We would be remiss if we didn't at least touch on NASCAR. Yeah. We'll touch on a whole bunch of other topics, but first elimination in the chase just happened at Dover. Anything stand out to you so far in the chase? Any big surprises? You know, the biggest surprises for me, I think, in that opening round were the Hendrick cars and the speed that they found. You know, for a long time early in the year, even when Jimmy had won... I think it was Chase Elliott that was kind of carrying the flag for Hendrick yeah. Motorsports. Yeah. But I think, you know, Chase has found that midseason rhythm that he had going when we all believed he was going to get a win really soon, nearly won Chicago. So I, I think they are back in that form. And Jimmy looks like Jimmy. Now, they did have a couple of mistakes in that first round, but, but they have speed. And, and when the execution meets the speed they have with his experience, I think they're going to be a, a player. So they, they were probably – the biggest surprise for me, and maybe biggest disappointment, was Kyle Larson. I, I just think yeah. I think that team deserved to be in the second round, and I'm I won't say I'm disappointed in them. I'm disappointed for them that they did not yeah. advance. Yeah. To me, Kyle Larson seems like the guy that's going to be the ultimate spoiler in the chase. Like he's going to jump up and maybe win a race or two now that he's been eliminated and take a win away from some guys that are still in the chase because they he's just since. Like, the end of the summer, he's been so freaking fast. We, I mean, go back to those last three races in the regular season. You know, he won at Michigan. He was third in the other two races. And he had all this momentum going into the chase. And I'm like, man, this guy's going to be yeah. a player, yeah. right? And they get eliminated. But I think once he got eliminated Sunday at Dover, I, I saw a side of him I haven't seen. I think he's a little angry, a little bit bitter than yeah. in advance. And I think yeah. we're going to see a hungry driver, and that may be the ingredient that he had been lacking. I, I agree with you. I would not be surprised to see him uh, get another one. Especially win the with, uh, what, four mile and a half still left? To yes. Come. And that's he's been fast on those. I would not doubt that he would be back in victory lane. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and of course, Martin Truex Jr. just putting a whipping on everybody week after week now. He's won two of the three races so far. I mean, he's, they've just been so fast as well, and uh, they've got to be the championship favorite right now. Yeah, and I said, I said they would be the championship favorite, 
uh, going into this thing. I mean, that, that's a statement they had made to me, and I picked them to win the championship. That's how strongly I felt about their performance. And now that we're in the playoffs, they put a huge exclamation point behind that title. And I've been wondering, when are we going to quit calling them the Cinderella story? And when is this yeah. going to be this, this great little deal that this team has put together in Colorado? And I think now we're really starting to see and people are jumping on the bandwagon of they are the team to I beat. think even though they've been strong all year and they've had speed and, I mean, they've never been out of any race this year, they still have that stigma because they're a one-car team. Although they're not really a one-car team because they're working with JGR so closely. And that's why the people, everybody keeps talking about this Cinderella story. Well, but here's my thing. When, when are they going to start sharing all their information you know, we can go get them. Right? <laughs> yeah. Because it's like they they have hit on something. Yeah. And and Gibbs is, is, man, they're on a roll. They've done unbelievable things in 2016. Uh, but when you look at, at what Truex has done, I mean, winning three of the last five races and consistent at all different types of racetracks, you know, that says to me that they're hitting on something maybe even the Gibbs guys aren't. And I, I give a lot of credit to Cole Pern. I just think he's... He's done an extraordinary job of leading that group. Absolutely. Yep. And we'll give a shout-out to Jacob's boy. Dale Earnhardt Jr. hasn't been around for a little while, so Jacob is a fan of the three-car. Yeah. Ruben Frost and Dylan. Yeah. The yeah. little team that could, they, I didn't they got they into the second round. The first round, but they made it, and he yeah. still hasn't won a race. How, my thing is, how do you – like, if you're Austin Dillon and there's a couple of those guys who haven't won yet, how do you feel about Chris Buescher taking that little rain victory away? Does it kind of burn you a little bit that even though you're making more money and you've got the better equipment, but – Still in that win column, Chris Bush yeah. got the one win. They're not taking that win away. Exactly. It just got to sting a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess. You know, I don't know what's said behind closed yeah, doors. Exactly, yeah, exactly. I don't know. But I, I'll, I'll say this. Sometimes in those situations, it would be easy uh, to show bitterness toward a guy yeah. that, that wins like Chris did or yeah. whatever. I just think Chris is a good guy. Yeah. And I think that there's so much respect for him yeah. that, that there is no resentment. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I really think they appreciate where he comes from. And probably while they want to win yeah. and they wanted a spot in the chase, yeah. once they were able to, to get their way in on points, it, yeah. was, it was probably a lot easier to be happy for Chris and yeah. what he And do you think some of those guys also appreciate the fact that he drives for a smaller team? They do have the support of Roush Fenway, but Front Row isn't a, isn't a brand name. It isn't a team that goes out and wins every year. They only have two wins in their history. So I think the guy, at least in my opinion, the guys would be happy that those guys would go out and get a win. Yeah, no, I, I think so. And, and Chris has proven himself. I mean, he won the Xfinity Championship last year, and he was running against Chase Elliott, and he was running yeah. against Ty Dillon, and he had to compete with yeah. Eric Jones when he would come and run in the Xfinity Series. So I think everybody knows what he's capable of, and uh, I don't think that I don't think they really take anything away from him. I think they, they appreciate what he's been able to accomplish. Cool. Uh, so we're looking forward to the, the second round, the round of twelve. We got Charlotte, Kansas, and the wild card at Talladega. Let's just hope Charlotte doesn't get rained out this weekend. I bought. I got tickets. I'm supposed to be going. I have a bad record. The last like four or five events, I've bought tickets to. They've been either rained out or delayed. So yeah. I'm I'm praying that the hurricane <laughs> t- takes a turn out into the ocean and yeah. doesn't burn me again. Well, th- we rained this. Out a year ago, we had yeah. to run on Sunday. That's right. So this has kind right. of become a little bit of a theme here yeah. with what we're uh, seeing. Last Charlotte. year, it rained out on Saturday. I had to work on Sunday, so I didn't get to go. This year, I got Sunday off. So I'm, if they push it back a day, I'm good. I just don't Fair want enough. it to go into Monday. Yeah, it rained out Saturday last year, and and I I didn't go out Saturday night because the weather looked so bad. 
But we went on Sunday, and it was it was a very entertaining afternoon yeah. racing. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm hoping for the best. There you go. So we'll turn corners a little bit, not too far though. I sent a tweet to both of you, uh, what Thursday I guess it was, about a story that was posted online. Uh, if we backtrack a few months, or I guess a month no, now. Well, for the so. At Bristol Motor Speedway about a month ago, Tennessee and Virginia Tech had a football game in the Bristol Motor Speedway infield. Really cool event. Almost 160,000 people there. Looked great on TV. Had a great atmosphere. And one of the discussions that came up was having more football games at racetracks. And the story that I sent to you guys was there was talk of doing a game at Texas Motor Speedway between Texas and Texas A&M. And they were saying that they could get somewhere in the range of 200,000-plus people at the game. So I wanted to see what you guys thought about, one, having games at tracks like this, and two, is it worth doing a game that big when, let's face it, eventually you're going to get to the point where you can't really see the game. You're just there for an event. It's there as a spectacle more than anything. You know, I was thinking about that the other day, uh, watching – the NFL yeah. uh, and the Colts, you know, I'm a Colts fan, and they were playing at Wembley Stadium in London. And that's a place that was meant for soccer. Yeah. And, and the one thing I noticed is how the seats as they go up, they just continue to get further and further away. Yeah. It wasn't like stacked like we see in American stadiums. Yeah. Yeah. So the guy that's sitting in the top row, he's really far yeah. away from the action. Yeah. And, and that got me to thinking, you know, if, if you don't have anything to do on a Sunday in London and you get tickets to an NFL game, you know, go be a part of the event and say you were there, man. Yeah. And I know that video boards have become such a huge enhancer at, at any sporting venue these days. But, gosh, I, I just would have a hard time going yeah. and watching an event when I can't really see it and feel yeah. it. Yeah. And, and I think that's what's going to help with college. You're going to get enough young, dumb college kids who are going to go oh, out yeah. just to drink and go, yeah, I went to that game because they're going to hand out a, a million tickets to the college yeah. kids because they're free, they pay tuition or whatever, and they'll go get a tailgate and a gravel lot and go to Texas Motor Speedway or whatever. But I think that's one of those things. Even you noticed in Bristol, even though they've got that ginormous jumbotron up top. The Colossus. The Colossus. It's one of those things where like, you look at some of those seats even on TV and you go, what can they really see? No like, to me, is it, is it really worth it? And I even say that now. When you start comparing the experience of, I sit in my couch, I get my own case of beer for fifteen to twenty bucks. I'm not paying twelve dollars a beer. At the I was going to say you can get a case for what you pay for one beer. For one beer, <laughs> you your food wise, you could go to get a Bojangles box for the price of one chicken sandwich in a stadium. You don't have to pay for parking. And then I can, regardless of the weather, if it's too hot or too cold, I'm sitting inside my house. And then I can flip through all the games if my team's getting blown out or whatever it may be. There's always going to be that stigma of, I was there, I saw it. Yeah. But nowadays, think, you look at stuff, it's like, ah, I'd rather just maybe yeah, sit I think on to, to me, like I said, it was more the spectacle. It's saying I was there yeah. instead of actually going to see the game. Because I think Bristol worked okay because of how it's laid out. It's a, it's a half-mile track. It's a bowl. Every seat was pretty good sight lines. At Texas Motor Speedway, it's a mile and a half. It's spread out. Yeah. If you're sitting in turn one or turn four, you're not really going to see the field. Yeah. So I'd be interested to see how they would set up the seating there. Yeah. The thing is there, the, the one thing they could do there is, is you could set up seating 
on the inside of the track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're playing in the tribal, which is obviously where they would play, yeah. I would guess anyway. In the ball field. Yeah, you, you, you could set up seating along, you know, pit road yeah. and that area back behind pit road. And, and gosh, I don't know how many seats could you put there. I'm not sure. I, I guess you could probably bring in 30,000 yeah. temporary yeah. seats probably as big as that area. Yeah. So that would help you a lot in giving people what would be a conventional stadium, sightline seat where you feel like you're a part of the action. Yeah. But for the guy that's sitting in row 50 of the racetrack seats yeah. and he's, he's down toward one end or the other, you, you're not going to see all that. You're, all you're going to be looking at is the big screen on the back, the, the big hoss. But like you know what? You're watching that the whole time. I went to the Final Four a couple years ago at, at Texas Stadium, yeah. Cowboy Stadium AT&T, yeah. right? And I was fortunate. I scored some sweet tickets, and, I mean, I was living right. It couldn't have been better. And they've got the big video board there, but they brought in some other video boards and, and put them on either end. And really, you know, from that standpoint, there wasn't a bad seat in the house because of how good the video boards were. Yeah. But if you were sitting in the upper deck, I mean, that game was a rumor. You know yeah, I mean? It was, <laughs> you're, you had, you're watching the video boards more than you yeah, do watching the game. Yeah, so. I, you know, I get it if... if you know, if my team makes a run to the Final Four yeah. and I just want to go there and be with my buddies and say yep. we were there, I, I guess I get it. But it's such a huge financial investment. Oh, yeah. And to your point, J-Roll, there's no guarantee your team's going to win. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there's nothing worse than being oh, in the stadium when your team loses. Spending all the money. money. Yeah. And, it's like, oh. and if they win, it's the greatest investment I ever made. And yep. if they lose, you're like... Why? Dang, if I was at home, I could just go to bed. You know? <laughs> I could avoid people. Yeah. I could avoid the humiliation of other fans walking by me and mocking me. Yeah, like, you just want to take your shirt or jersey yeah. off and just get the yeah. hell out of there. Yes, you exactly. Know? So, no, I agree. Like, that's one of those things, like, especially this past year, Panthers made the Super Bowl, and they're like, people are always asking, oh, you're going to go. Well, one, it's out in California. Yeah, that, tough. yeah. That's, that's way more expensive to fly all the way out. You know, you'd start thinking about it if it was somewhere, if it was in Atlanta, if it was in Miami, if it was in New Orleans, maybe. Maybe, but then you hear stories of people who've gone out there and the team loses, oh. and it's just like, yeah, uh, like you, like you said, you just want to go up to your room, turn the lights off, go to sleep, turn your phone off, and be done. But there, now you know people are texting you like, "Oh, how you feeling out there, you jackass? Yeah. Like you, you were talking oh, yeah. about trash, and you went out there and they lost." So that's true too. The, but the walk back to the hotel room. Is oh, yeah, time. and that's why I think college is perfect for it because college kids. I mean, there's people who are diehards, but they. When you're in college, you don't have any money, but you can get free tickets. You go out. You don't really care. You're drinking too much cheap beer. You could be sitting in the top and not worry about it. But I do think it's an interesting point to bring up these racetracks starting to try to host other events yeah. because most of these tracks. At most, they have two what two races a year, big races. Yeah, Charlotte. Okay. Charlotte has three because they have the All Star race. race. But basically, it's and, a two week one and then a week. And they run some stuff during the week, summer series events and all that for the community. And they, you know, not lower series. But if you can get, you know, if you can start getting more events for these tracks, and they do like most of them do like the Christmas stuff where you do the Christmas lights and drive through. But other than that, they're sitting pretty empty. Yeah. And most of the time when the races are going on, they're not usually at capacity. So if you can get something where you can fill the seats out, like it used to look back in the 80s or 70s, of course they're going to look into something like it because, hey, people are always going to want – hey, I remember I was there the first time they did it in Bristol. I'm sure people framed up their ticket stubs and talk, you know, tell, tell their grandkids about, hey, yeah, we saw the game in Bristol and stuff. So 
Well, I know at, at the beginning of this year, and Adam, you can attest to this because you went down there. At Daytona, they made a ton mm-hmm. of re- re- uh, renovations. Yeah. $400 million. $400 million. We did a whole there. show in on Fox Sports <laughs> 1 about Daytona Rising. Yeah, I mean, jeez. <laughs> so, and they were, they've been talking about doing other events there, and football was one of the things that came up. What, what do you think about doing a game there? Well, you know what? So, I, I talked when I was down there, and I did an interview with then-president um, Joey Chipwood. He's moved on now to a different position with International Speedway Corporation. But we were talking about the other sports. Now, the one that I think they really have concentrated on and feel like they've got a chance to bring in is soccer. Okay. They want to play soccer there. Okay. So that was one. But we were talking about college football. Yeah. Now, the one issue that they have is the Florida schools do so good on their home game. Oh, yeah. They're not going to give up a yeah. home date to come yeah, there and play. Yeah. But what we're seeing some now is these programs from other other parts of the country go to a warm weather place because they can say it's a home game, may better their opportunity to get someone to come in and play them, but it helps them in recruiting there, right? You can go there and you can, I mean, so, so let's just say, let's say I'm Indiana University, okay, and I want to recruit Florida. Then maybe I get with Daytona International Speedway and say we're going to come down there and play Central Florida, yeah. And we we're going to have a good crowd, and it's going to, we're going to use a home game, but that opens the door for us to build our brand in Florida. That's that, true. Maybe that's something that could happen. The one idea that, that Joey Chipwood had that I thought was really neat is using the infield as a campground for college students. Can you imagine oh, wow. the attraction <laughs> and the party you would have on the infield? Yeah. Oh, so, you know, so over here, you know, in turn one, you've got the Indiana University campground, and in turn four, you've got the Central Florida campground, and it's just a weekend bash for all these college kids. Yeah, that's, you know? no, that's not going to turn ugly. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, fantastic. so anyway, I, I think the opportunity is there, and I think because of attendance and all the things we face today when you compete for these dollars – you know, if you can open your gates and make a little money, and yeah. then it's marketing for the for the group, you know, whatever track does it. So I like it as an idea, but you're never you're never going to get a racetrack to be a great host of an event, football wise, to create the full fan experience yeah. as far as seeing the action. Yeah. There's no way. Just too big. Yeah, I was, I mean, Martinsville would be a decent one. Martin, I was thinking Martinsville. Was yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Martinsville. Maybe, would be maybe right. Richmond, but yeah, even then Richmond. You get a bit if you yeah. played at like one end of the, feet, the, yeah. the track or the other. Yeah. The, that, that would be the key. With but then, if you play at the one end, is it's getting in temporary seating around yeah. the other end, so you could make a full. But you think though, you know, we all went to high school football. Yeah, well, that's was, true. Yeah, what was around the football field? The track. The track. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a quarter of a that's mile. True. Yeah. It's yeah. A quarter of a mile. Bristol is a half mile. Yeah. So you're talking about double the space around it to the track. Yeah. That just that just helps put in perspective. The enormity of these venues yes, yes, and how sure. big they are around what would be the football field yeah. in the middle. Yeah. To me, when I was reading this article, they mentioned one game that I thought would be the absolute pinnacle of doing these games at a racetrack, and it was doing the Iron Bowl, Alabama versus mm. Auburn at Talladega. Yeah. I mean, that would be you could put four hundred thousand people oh. at that track, and knowing that rivalry, you could sell that out. Yeah. I'm telling you, those people walk to the beat of a different drum. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you'd want to put that many of them in, in listen to area. I'm telling you, if you put the Iron Bowl at Talladega and you had Larry Mack as the grand, the uh, you know, 
uh, an honored guest flipping the coin at the beginning. It would be awesome. Yeah, I I might actually I might actually go to see that. I've never <laughs> I've never been disappointed in any event I've attended at Talladega Super Speedway. Yeah. So the Iron Bowl would be a good one. There you go. That'd be nuts. <laughs> so uh, switching gears a little bit, you mentioned you were a Colts fan. Yep. Weekend NFL. Your Colts played in uh, in London. Yep. Had an interesting end of the game. Did you catch the end of it? Did you watch it? I game? did. I watched it, yeah. What, what was your reaction to how the end of the game played out? Well, you know, I, I, I don't think Indy's very good. I didn't think they'd be any good last year, and then Luck got hurt, and, and you know, so they were terrible. And this year, they, they you know, they're one and three. I mean, I'm not going to say, you know, sometimes your record doesn't fully tell the story in that league, but, but a lot of times it does. And, you know, and, you know, Indy's a team to me right now that's just good enough to lose. They, you know, honestly, they, they've had a chance in the last two minutes of every game they played to win. If, you know, and in the case against Detroit, they kind of had the game won and, and screwed that up. And, you know, they had, they had the ball against Denver down a touchdown and, and luck gets hit and fumbles and, you know, driving again on Sunday to, you know, to maybe win the game or at least tie it. So they're in games and I really don't know how. I, I don't, um, it's a struggle. And they, they have not, to me, they don't have the things you have to have if you're going to be a championship contender. They can't get to the quarterback on defense, and they can't protect the quarterback on offense. Yeah. If you can't do those things, you you, you just can't win in that league. I yeah. mean, you just can't do it. That's my opinion. And That's very true. We've been talking the last few weeks about my young, exciting Jaguars. Took yeah. them four weeks to actually pay off, but they finally won a game. Yeah, that I mean, was a yeah. while. At that game, we actually we were in the middle of race day. And so we were, we were working a little bit, but also had the game up there. And what killed me was that fourth and one. Yeah. And Luck rolls out, and he could have ran for the first, but he throws it to Dwayne Allen, and they drop it, and the game's over. Da-da. And it's one of those things that kind of looked back earlier in the week. Was it Earsay or whoever said, hey, we don't want our quarterback to run anymore? That's what happens. When you tell your quarterback not to do things, now I understand you want to keep protected, but like in that game-driving moment, you don't really care. You just want him to get the first right. down and keep going. But that's something in the back of his mind. He goes, okay, I'm not going to run. I'm going to throw it. And then you end up losing it. So, I mean, it just seemed kind of weird that it's, it, it's it, a weird play call, too. Yeah. On fourth and, fourth and one, one yeah. to run it out of the shotgun. Yeah. Like, yeah, with no, yeah, with no threat of running the ball. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Here, you know, here's the thing with me, and this is where, and, and I follow the Colts in local media in Indianapolis, where they're really getting beat up is they've had a lot of slow starts. Offensively and defensively. And the play calling has been very, very conservative in the first half of games. And then they get behind and they're pressing and they got to go hurry up. Yeah. And they have success. And I saw a stat line today in the fourth quarter. Andrew Lux this year in the fourth quarter in four games has thrown six touchdown passes and for like 582 yards. And they both wow. lead the NFL. Yeah. Well, what are they doing? They're, they're going hurry up. If they drive down and score a touchdown – Sunday in that drive, which was perfectly within the realm yeah. of possibility, they were on the plus side of the field. That would have been their fourth touchdown of the fourth quarter. Yeah. So, so where where the coaching staff is getting beat up is why are we not being more aggressive offensively and going hurry up more often? Now I realize that you can put on a little bit more of an offensive show when a team's in prevent. But, but Jacksonville wasn't. It was, no, a, yeah. it was a one possession game. You yeah. know, like there was three minutes left. Like there wasn't, and and so it's it's a little frustrating, you know. And I don't think 
I I don't think they to, back to kind of Jarrell's point. I don't think they. I don't want luck to just be Cam Newton and yeah. run the ball, run the ball. But I don't think they do a very good job of utilizing his abilities. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just it is. We run out of the eye or we run out of the shotgun, and it's seven step drop. There yeah. is no movement at all with him. I yeah. I think he's underutilized. Yeah. yeah. So you still got to use that to his advantage. I mean, even though you don't want him running Cam Newton wise, you still got to go. He's an athletic but, guy yeah, who can at least give that threat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they're they're invested in Andrew Luck at this point. He's not going anywhere, and we've talked about this at work a few times. So is the answer to change the head coach? Does Pagano need to go? You know, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle yeah. that. And I, and I I'll say this: Is it frustrating? Absolutely. But but there's never been a championship won in September. That's and true. So, and I'm not saying this about Indy. I'm just saying my thought has always been this way, league wide. Yeah. Like, let it play out. That, that's that's a fantastic because that's what kind of right now. Like everybody's crowning Matt Ryan MVP. Yeah. If remember, if we remember last year, the Falcons went six and zero and then ended up seven and nine. Like it. Let's everybody we, pump the yeah, brakes. We are at the quarter point. Of the we season. are at the quarter point. We're, There's still we're not in the last. Yeah. Weeks. There's four games now that you can tell a lot. Vikings look really good. Patriots are the Patriots. The Broncos defense looks like they haven't dropped a beat. But you know what? Injuries can happen in one in one game in one quarter and change that whole thing. And teams start getting more of the of the game film and realize, okay, this is how we do to beat this team. So there is still exactly. Let's not jump, let's not crown Matt Ryan the MVP or anybody else yet. Let's just say, yeah, they're playing really good ball. But all of a sudden, something can happen. In the case of the Colts, you look at that division, nobody's running away with that division. No, no I mean, no. I mean, you know, Texas is three. Uh, the Texans are three and one. Yeah, but you okay. know, they lost JJ Watt for the year. But, yeah, and Indy hasn't played them yet. But it, it, the, the, I mean, here's how quickly it turns around in that league. Here's two things I'll say: the margin for error is just minuscule in the NFL. Yep. Let's just say the Texans play Denver this weekend. I think you got to believe that's going to be a loss, right? Yep. Indy plays Chicago at home. That's a win. Okay, so that's a win. Yeah. So now all of a sudden, Indy's two and three. The Texans go to three and two. They play each other, and Indy wins. Now they're on level playing field. Yep. And Indy actually has the tiebreaker because they won the game. It can turn that yes. quickly. Yes. And the other thing I'll say is, Indy hasn't looked great. They haven't looked great. But you know what? They had Detroit beat. I mean, they yep. score with forty seconds left in yep. a game. You think it's over when you're ahead? Yeah. Okay, they blew it. They didn't win. But but easily they could win that game. Yeah. Sunday at Jacksonville, they pick up that fourth down, they go down and score. Sure now win. all of a sudden they're three and one, and you're like, wow, this team's finding a way to win. Yeah. The, it, the, the mindset in that league is crazy. Yes, yes. So I'm not sitting here. I'm telling you, I don't think Indy's very good. But that league is so yeah. crazy in the way it ebbs and flows. And when a team finds momentum, yep. you know what I mean? Yep. It, 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 I, I go back to being a Colts fan. When Indy went to the Super Bowl against New Orleans, they started that year 14-0, and and probably if they had worked at it, would have went undefeated, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. That, that team wasn't. I mean, they were good, but it was it was a mindset. You know, they, they won a lot of close games that they probably shouldn't have won when you look at the percentages, but that's how it goes sometimes. Yep. So, I don't know. I think it's early. I think everybody, yeah. you know. Without a doubt, there's a lot still going to happen. I mean, we haven't even gotten to the point where Tom Brady's back in the league yet. Yeah. So, right. things are still going to change. Well, I look at it, too, and I'll flip that script on, on my team, the Panthers. I didn't – I forgot to – you know, forgot in my mind that two years – or three years ago when they went 12-4, and four, they started 1-3. and three. Yeah. 
So, like, one of those things where it's like, oh, here it goes again. They were, that was the year they were talking about Ron Rivera is going to get fired in the middle of the season. Yeah. They turn around and they end up making getting the second seed of the playoffs. So, of course, they've looked like boo-boo and they gave up some records against Atlanta. But, again, you talk about ebbs and flows. Against the Vikings. Or, shit, you said the first game of the season against the Broncos. They had them up. They didn't change the game plan. They, they were a no-miss field goal away from winning that game. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Then they, they go, they win against San Francisco. They play the Vikings. They were up on the Vikings, and they had a 56-yard touchdown pass called back from a, eh, a maybe a block in the back, which would have given us like a 20-2 lead. That changed momentum a lot there. There were a couple other penalties that pulled. That would have been another one. Then this past one, yes, we got beat pretty pretty badly, but it just – it's one of those things where, like you said, there's a couple plays here and there that change the momentum that you, like you said, you could be looking at a totally different record. Like, oh, they pulled that one out. So it is still early. You don't want to, like, but that's the NFL. Every week, a team that loses is going to have the, is the worst team going to have the number one overall draft pick. And every time that somebody wins, right now, we need to crown the Vikings the Super Bowl champions. <laughs> They're going to beat everybody. They're going to go undefeated. And it's just the way that's – I mean, they're a good, really good team. But remember, Sam Bradford hasn't played a full yeah. season his whole career. And everybody's crowning him like he's the greatest of but all see, time. But see, but there you go again. That That is – to me, that's that league too. Sam, yeah. when, when was Sam Bradford ever on a good football team? You know what I mean? He's never, I mean, yeah, he's the, never the, been on the a The best really... team that they had was his rookie year in St. Louis, and they went 7-9. Yeah. And, and, and in that situation, he kind of came in, and they expected him to carry a good portion of the load. Yeah. My thing is, like, Sam Bradford's probably, you know, the reason he's having success this year, number one, the team's winning, which always, regardless of what everything does, makes him look great, yep. all right? Here's the other thing. He's playing on a team that is absolute lights out on defense, lights out on special teams. What does that do for you as an offense? It gets you great field position. Who doesn't want great field position? Every quarterback wants to be set up on the doorstep of the end zone, right? They've got a good running game. Yeah. And that'll, he's got time to throw. It, it all sets up regardless of how good or bad you are. And I'm taking nothing away from Sam Bradford. Yeah. I'm just saying that the league is unfair sometimes and how it's judged. Yeah, the, the way that the, the Vikings play, you don't need Sam Bradford to win the game. No. You just need Sam Bradford. Well, Bradford they thought they needed him. They gave him a first-round pick. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Which, remember, again, a year ago we were killing Chip Kelly because he said, oh, I could get a first-round pick for him right now. He did then get fired after that. But he they got – he did. He was right. He, they got a first-round pick. Now, it didn't come off of Teddy Bridgewater. But think about this, though. We, and I think we talked about this in the office. So, Sam Bradford is the number one overall pick. Yep. And he was the last number one overall pick that got – Hey, seventy-something right? million. I mean, yeah. just outrageous, yeah. right? That was before they they, they had the rookie the pay scale. Yeah. Yep. They, they lowered the rookie pay scale, so he gets all that money as the number one overall pick. He goes to St. Louis, right? Yep. I mean, never really did anything in St. Louis. I mean, no. he was hurt a lot, yep. and, and I mean, a disappointment. You yep. have to consider. So then he gets traded to Philly yep. for Nick Foles. Yep. Now I don't know. They flipped quarterbacks and flipped first overall or number one overall picks. Okay. So like there was two a quarterback for a quarterback and a one for a one. Okay. They changed spots in the draft. But my thing is, they you can't say that he went there for a first round pick, but the way Foles had performed, yeah. I mean, you could have got a you pretty start hard count out of Foles. Yeah, you just started right? out of a quarterback. Yeah. So, so probably a first rounder. Yeah. So so you could say that for the second time in his career, Sam Bradford was worth a first round pick, yeah. right? He goes to Philly. I mean, he didn't do anything last yeah, year. Yeah. Okay. So now Minnesota needs a quarterback. 
What do they do? They give up a first-round pick yeah. to get him. Here's a guy that's garnered three first-round picks in his career, and one time was the number one overall when he got paid maybe the rich, one of the richest yeah. contracts in history, right? right? And now he's finally having success yeah. on a team that's defensive-minded, yeah. and all he's got to do is just not make mistakes. Yep. Yeah. That's true. You know what I mean? Well, that's true. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It is. I mean, it was – Last night, Giants Vikings. It was an ugly game. Yeah. I was, as a Giants fan, I just they got down early. The Vikings caused a turnover on a punt, and it was just there was no fight. Well, there was fight from Odell Beckham, but it wasn't a good yeah. kind of fight. And ODB is just he's driving me up the freaking wall with his antics, and I mean he can't keep his head in the damn game. He's one of the best players in the league, and he can't keep his emotions under check. He's a freak of nature. He yeah. is, but he really I mean, is. He lets the littlest stuff get under his skin, and it, it, it hurts the team. When you're getting a 15-yard penalty every week because you're getting in a fight with somebody, it hurts the Here's team. Here's the thing with Odell. He's a 23-year-old who dyes his hair blonde, who acts like a 23-year-old who dyes his hair blonde. <laughs> that's exactly what he – That's. I mean, it's just what it is. I mean, you see that personality come out. He just he's, – he's, you know, sometimes he was getting hit late, but because of who he is, they're not. the refs aren't going to call that unless he just goes over, you know, exuberant over something crazy – I mean, it'll be interesting to see, like I said, to go back to the Vikings, I think the one thing that may be their kryptonite is their kicking situation. Blair Walsh is going to end up costing them a game or something. That, I mean, they would they should have beat the Seahawks last year and played the oh. Panthers in the playoffs, but he misses a 19-yard field goal. He missed one last night. He ended up making one, but like I said, when it comes down, like, and that's what I'm interested to see with that Vikings team. They're very good, very well coached, but when it becomes crunch time, when it's playoff time, are they up to the task to get it done? Because... To me, Sam Bradford has always been that quarterback. What did he do in Oklahoma when the times were tough? He crumbled in the high time pressure. Right now, he's got no pressure. I mean, if he goes out and they go seven and nine, ah, I, I, they, you know, I was just a late ad, no big deal. I mean, if you get the playoffs, you're going. That's perfect. That's all you need. So, again, still early. A lot of football to be played. And for all we know, like we talked about after week one, what do we even know about? Football? <laughs> okay, so, so Jay Rose, a Panthers fan, and you know their best year. History, history last, last year, year. Yeah. and I mean they were good defensively, obviously. Yeah. But I mean they, you know they, I mean you would say at the end of the day they hung their hat last year on on offense. Yep. And well, they had the number one scoring offense, so right? Yeah. Right. So then you know, Tom, you're a Giants fan. Now they, their success over the years has been very balanced. But I yeah. think you know they're kind of known for you know Eli and the offense and whatever. Okay, I'm a Colts guy. You know, forever. I mean, it was Peyton Manning and the Colts offense, right? And even now, I mean, you know, they're, they're going to live and die with, with the offense. I mean, you know, if Andrew Luck doesn't deliver, they're not going to win, okay, yeah. right? I look at Minnesota. I mean, we're not Vikings fans, yeah. but you look at the way they're winning, grinding out games, good defense, yep. forcing turnovers, good special teams. Yep. I mean, can, could you get – knowing where we all come from and the teams that we support and how they've won traditionally in recent history, I mean, could you get excited about the way Minnesota plays and enjoy that as a fan or is that – Knowing that fan base and the fact back in, what, the 70s or 80s, the, the purple people leaders, I yeah. mean, they have a history of being – They do. The you're right. Yeah. Uh, you, up in those cold-weather states, the Packers fans, the Bears fans, they love their defense up there, so yeah. I'm sure they – I'm sure they they're excited because they've been mediocre. With like They were so mediocre when Adrian Peterson was just – in his prime, when he was rushing for two thousand, was it? I think the last time they were four and zero was oh nine. Was the year they actually went? I think fourteen and two and got beat by the Saints in the in the NFC Championship, the, the Bounty yeah, Gate game. Far, yeah, that, that far, far year. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure they're. I mean, I'm sure you're soaking anytime your team, regardless of how they're playing and they're playing lights out. 
But, you know, like I said, it's one of those things. I remember somebody started to say the stat. It was like, last time the Vikings started 4-0, they did not win the Super Bowl. So, you know, it's one of those things like, it's still just, it's still early. Oh, it is. You know, so let's just wait and see. You know, right now, everybody, it's going to be Vikings, Broncos in the Super Bowl. Write it down. You know, which would be Trevor Simeon versus Sam Bradford. But Final score. Six to three. three. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, so then, then that goes. overtime. You know, yeah. <laughs> which, as a football fan, uh, I mean, well, and you know, there's going to be a Blair Walsh miss in there somewhere. Exactly. So <laughs> if you want, like, would you like? Obviously, if it's your, if it's your team, you don't care. You're in the yeah. Super Bowl. But gosh, if you're no. a football fan, you see Simeon versus Bradford, and it's just like a six to three game with no chance of any. Uh, I don't know. No, knowing the NFC North and the history of those teams, I think they're perfectly all right with having a team that yeah. is dominant on defense and can run the ball. Yeah, just smash mouth football. They're all right with it. Yeah. That's and I got that defense on my on my fantasy, so oh, I'm right right now. I'm living and dying by. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I picked them up this week. They were still available. Oh, who are you yeah. in a league? Yeah, he must be. Some it was, it's our league from work. It's our league. Yeah, Vikings oh. are still available. Well, I'm a dummy. And I went into the game last night down like 18 points with only the Vikings defense, and I was playing somebody else from the league, and I. You know, watching them play against the Giants and then it turned into a blowout, I was like, just get a couple pick sixes here. Just just finish off the Giants, get me a win. It didn't happen, but yeah, freaking fantasy wow. football. And so, we'll all be proven that the Vikings will lose next week. To pro- like, we'll all be proven wrong <laughs> this weekend when we're sitting yeah. there. We'll so. come back four weeks from now and see that the, the league is completely flipped on its head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, so, for my sake and the team I root for, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, J-Roll, uh, the last few weeks I've been watching the games here, the Panthers games. Didn't watch it this week because I was at work. What was your reaction to the uh, to Cam Newton's hit in the end zone and now the fact well, that he's on well, the concussion the, the protocol? Hit, the hit, it's the same thing that happened last year with the Saints. It's something he could have avoided. We watched the play, and, you know, we never, none of us here have played NFL football, so we don't necessarily know how the field is. But he, he totally could have avoided that. Yeah. It, it seems this year the team has just lost their swagger, their juice. They've got Cam, they've got Thomas Davis, they've got Luke Keekley, but it, you hate to say it, like they're missing that Josh Norman factor, that dog, that, that, that guy. Like, you know, you talk to people that played football, and you always, it's good to have good character guys, but you always need some guys that do the dirty work. You always need those dogs, as we call them, that just don't give a bleep about whatever. They're just going to play football. Yes, exactly. And that's what Josh Norman was. He would go in and stick his nose in on a, on a, on a screen pass. He'd tackle the big running back, and he wouldn't be afraid to, to fight the receiver, you know, whatever. So it seemed like they're missing that. And, and it's just – and then the offense is killing me. They scored so much last year. But now it, it's weird. With Kelvin, you'd be back. You'd think it'd be better. But they're doing – these long developing routes. The, the offense was great against Atlanta, getting to the 50 yard line. Then it gets a second and three and third and three, and they do these. Every receiver was on a double move, and then Cam's getting sacked. And the lot, a couple of times it's on Cam because he's trying, because he just wants the big play. Like when you get the Panthers down, Cam wants to make the big play, the quick score, so we can get back in the game instead of taking the easy stuff and dinking and dunking. But some of the times you're looking at stuff with a shoddy offensive line where literally on Friday Orr says, I'm, I got concussion, I'm out. So you have to flip your offensive tackles. You're going to do these complex routes and, and let your court already offensive line the tackles that are weak. It, it's just really weird. I don't know what's going on. I, you know, it's just – it's funky. It's a funky feel this year, man. As someone – as an outsider watching these games, it really seems like 
they're lacking the involvement of Greg Olson. Like you need to start getting them with those the five yard, six yard passes, the the out routes. Get him more involved. Well, he in the ended short up, game. They, they got him there near the couple drives at the end. He got he ended up with some good. He had a touchdown and all that stuff. It's just something's going. I don't know what it is. I don't. And there's some more football people that I follow on Twitter who actually have been saying the addition of Greg. Ol- I mean, not Greg Olson of Kelvin Benjamin, and even Ron Rivera said it in his press conference that. Benjamin's more of a, a five-step, seven-step drop quarterback receiver. As in, it take, he's not more of like that Julio Jones where you give him the quick slant because he's such a big, limber guy. He's not running your 4-4-40 that he's got to take longer to develop those routes and get that separation. So that's more of the nuance of the football. You know, we can go into the size and strength and speed <laughs> stuff, but I don't. it just seems weird. It just seems like they kind of lost that juice that they had last year where they were jumping around and, and the blueprint's out. The Broncos put it on paper yeah. of how to beat us. You hit him in the mouth, you get him going, and you get Cam's head hanging, and then all of a sudden you feel like he doesn't have that juice to pick it back up. But I don't know. Maybe there's something going on in his personal life. We just saw the allegedly suing that's coming right. from this Broncos. Did you see that I did. I, 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 I you know it's a TMZ it. report. Who knows what really happened? He's, it sounds like a he said, she said, he said thing. But I don't know. I mean, who knows? It's, it, it seems like the Super Bowl hangover is a real effect, and it's hitting right now. But you know what I would say? This is what I noticed last year, and I, I didn't see all the games. I don't watch it closely, and I haven't certainly seen everything this year. But the one thing I noticed last year with Carolina, and this was to me, if you said what's the one thing that Carolina does that you wish your team could do because this is what makes them successful, it was their ability to produce on first down. Yeah. They were getting six, seven, sometimes eight yards just on a little read option play with Jonathan yep. Stewart on first down. I'm going to tell you the playbook, I don't care what your playbook is. When you're second and two and yep. three, it opens that up. playbook is huge. Yep. And the defense is on their heels. And when you get play action at second, two, and three, the defense is biting. Yeah. And Cam is going to drop, and he's going to have all day. Yeah. And Ginn and Funches and anybody, Benjamin, Olsen, whoever, they're going to run by people. Yeah. This year, they're in second and eight, yeah. second and nine. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, you flip the script. Yep. The defense is in charge, and the offense has got to make something happen. Yeah. And I think they've just become more vulnerable. Yeah. Now, the statistics may not bear that out, but I just – yeah. I just think last year they continuously won big time on first down. And it's interesting because Stewart's been out, and you see the effect of no defense is scared of Cameron Artis Payne, yep. Fozzie Whitaker, or Mike Tolbert. Mm-hmm. So they're going, hey, look, we'll keep bringing it because we're not. these guys aren't going to bust. Jonathan Stewart, all-pro, Pro Bowl running back, you're a little nervous of him. you got to make sure you know where he is. Artist pain, they're like, ah, we, we know he's not going to do anything, so we're going to go man up. We're going to still load this box because we know if Artist Payne gets passes, we'll be able to tackle him. He's not going to do anything. So it has been the, the loss of that. And also it kind of killed me like they didn't really – like I guess it seemed like they, they were ready to rely on a lot of their draft picks, a lot of these young guys. And they have, the young guys have not lived up to what they thought they were going to be. You know, Trey Boston got benched, their free safety. Artist Payne's in there, and people thought he'd be a lot better than what he was. And it's kind of like, why not go out and get somebody like a Matt Forte or, or a veteran runner? Because you know Jonathan Stewart's going to get hurt. Give me somebody that if, when he gets hurt, you have a little, you can rely a little bit more on than a second-year guy who 
may or may, you know, maybe he's just an overall special teams guy. It's just, it was, I don't know. Some was, of the, Going into the season, well, in the offseason, there was a lot of veteran runners that were available. Yeah. DeMarco Murray went to Tennessee. Yeah. Forte changed well, teams. That like, was a trade, but yeah. Well, yeah but, I mean, still, he's available. available. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Lamar, who, Lamar Miller and Aaron Foster That's, switched. Yeah. So. Who, was the, who was the analyst on that game? The Fo- it was the Fox game Sunday. I watched a little bit. Oh. Uh, was, it, was it Chris Spillman? Yeah. yeah he, he made a point. You know, yeah, I think that I do think Jonathan Stewart being out's a big deal because I do think he's a bigger threat than, than yeah. Whitaker or uh Payne. But the other thing I would say, and, and this is the point that he made, it did seem like just just to be that the timing in the read option was yeah. off. And you know what? I mean that's that 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 means everything. Yep. Well, you know, you, you look at somebody like Jonathan Stewart who came from Oregon, so he's been running the read option for probably his whole life. So him and Cam, who Cam ran the read option in college, as soon as they got in there, you could yep. see – and then some of that inside sound bite stuff, you could see him. Because I remember when D'Angelo was there, he didn't run it in Memphis. So when they brought that to Carolina, when Cam came, he was asking Cam all this. He was like, how do you do this? Because it's not something they ran in, in NFL stuff, and he didn't run it. Artist Payne, same thing. He was at Auburn, but it was after Cam, and they didn't run as much read option because you didn't have that. So it is – you can definitely tell the step up from – from Jonathan Stewart and Cam running it, because that's deadly, to then like Cam and Artis Payne, you're like, ah, uh, it, it is. It's a, it's interesting. I, like I said, maybe they'll turn it around. Again, same thing you just said. We've got Tampa Bay on Monday night, and then we've got uh, New Orleans. We can, and then you know who Atlanta has? Who's three and one? They have Denver and Seattle at both of those. Yeah. It's easy for them to lose those two. We win those two, and we're both tied up at three and three. They do have the tiebreaker, but we play them at the end of the season, at the last game of the season. So. Again, a lot of football left, a lot of stuff to be done. So. We're not even in double digits. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, Talk to me at Thanksgiving. Yep, that's actually, yeah. So uh, I had a topic that I wanted to throw out because I like to fire you two up with this topic. <laughs> uh, so doesn't involve any of our coworkers. No, no, no. <laughs> Still in the NFL. So argument that we've had before is best quarterback in the league, who would you take to start a team with? We know Jacob is firmly in the Cameron or the uh, the Cam Newton camp. Double A, you and I have talked before. Aaron Rodgers would be your go-to guy. He would. So, where do you go? Why you why, make your case for each of these guys? Where is your? So you're. I mean, Cam was the MVP last year. MVP. We had this argument several times. Yeah. Why are you going with Cam over? I mean, here's see. This is a loaded question because <laughs> are you picking a, a, a team? Because it, every year it changes on age. If you want to, like I said, if you want to pick a quarterback to win right now, I would say you know, like if you had a team built, you would have to say Tom Brady, just on stats alone. But he's going to last you. I mean, he's already old. Like he's yeah. only going to last you so little. So if you're looking at the younger guys, it's got to be Russell Wilson, Cam Luck, one of those guys, and they're all kind of bunched together. Only, you know, two have been in the Super Bowl. One's won it. Luck's got no AFC Championship game. So, it just depends on your preference. I'm a Cam. I mean, I like Cam. Something has seemed off this year. I mean, I, but that's to make your case. He, he's, he made, I mean, he's he's broken already Steve Young's record for throwing a touchdown and running for a touchdown. He's an athletic freak. Everybody can, you can get mad about the showboat stuff, but he is good at football. So, I mean, I think you can look at his body of work and say that's his – there's no case to be made for that. I mean, I'm cool with that. So see, I don't even. Well, but it, you know, here's part of my deal too. I, I think, you know, and this goes back a little bit to the point I made about Andrew Luck earlier. You know, I 
I don't think coaches get enough credit for the results of their players. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of reasons that, you know, that, that Cam Newton had the success he had last year. There's a lot of reasons, right? I mean, you know, their defense was great, so they were putting some good opportunities offensively last year. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I, but I think the scheme has been tremendous. I, I think, you know, experience. Don't ever sleep on experience. The, the more you're around, the more you learn, the more comfortable, confident, whatever. So, I, but for me, if I had one guy that I just would – fully in trust and have confidence in, it would be Aaron Rodgers. One, just because of his ability to calm everybody around him. Um, I just, I, you know, I go back to when they got off to the rough start a couple of years ago and the whole R-E-L-A-X. I just think he is the, the ultimate leader across the board. Forget quarterback. I just think he embodies all the characteristics you want in the guy that's in charge. And, you know, it's still such a throwing league. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think with a lot of these young quarterbacks, their ability to run the ball, you just can't sleep on that. And, and the league has changed. Yeah. Rodgers can run it a little bit, but you want those guys to throw it. Mm-hmm. And and I just look to, you know, when the game's on the line, that guy does some really good things. So, you know, his overall body work, that would be my number one guy. Yeah. But I don't think I, – I just think now – that list goes deep. You know, yeah, it does. six, seven no, it years does. ago, there were two or three guys we were having this yep. argument about. And there was nobody else yep. that yeah. was even worth no, bringing true. up. Now, you're going to have a handful of people that are going to say Cam Newton. Yep. There's going to be a handful of people that are still going to say Tom Brady. Yep. There's going to be a group over here that says Aaron Rodgers. Yep. There's going to be people that say Russell Wilson. There's going to be people that would say, my God, if you get him an offensive line, I think Andrew Luck's in that yeah. conversation. Yeah, no. You. The, the, it just goes on and on, yeah. you know, and so I I think it's I think it's a lot harder conversation to have now than it used to be. Yeah. So I nobody's agree. throwing Eli Manning into this conversation. No. I would not have him. On the <laughs> list. I know he's got two Super Bowls, but that defense helped him out a lot. Though he made a lot of big drives in those Super Bowls. So. Yeah, and I, I like Eli fine, but yeah. I, I don't. I think the time for him to be in that conversation is yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't see them winning another championship with Eli. But look at look here's really, look at Carson Wentz now. You know, we can go, they're three and zero. Okay, yeah. I mean, we played three games this year. They yep. have, you know, they're going to the Super Bowl too. But yeah, even the Vikings are going. Yeah. We're, <laughs> gonna have, we're gonna have eight teams. Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly. Yeah, I know. We're gonna, be, we're, gonna be, we're, gonna be, we're gonna call it the NFL Chase. Yeah, <laughs> Let's not forget too. We still haven't even seen the number one overall pick play yet. Well, it's just still the bench again. Out there in LA. That's right. That's well, why three and one. So we're not gonna see ex- him anytime soon. Exactly, and that's why Jeff Fisher is gonna keep that job forever oh my because. Gosh. Literally, it's going to be like, look, man, we had it. We, we, we try to get him trained up, so then he'll come down later. That Jeff Fisher, the king of keeping jobs when teams. Hey, don't get so. me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm not one of those crazy parents when it comes to my children and their athletic career. But Kate, my son, is nine. If he makes it to the NFL like he thinks he's going to, one of his head coaches at some point in his career will be Jeff Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> he'll still be around. He will still be around somehow or some way. He'll still be around. Speaking of which, you've uh, you've taken on a new role as Coach Alexander. Now. What about that, huh? Yeah. And I appreciate it if you guys would quit referring to me as Double A and start calling me Coach in the office. <laughs> oh, we could definitely make that happen. Well, we'll go to that. So, what was it? A little story time. Probably about four years ago. Oh gosh, I we were playing. It was still speed. Oh yeah, oh, and it was yeah. in the off season. So we had a few little things to do around the office, but most of it was housekeeping work, logging some tapes, mostly hanging out. Let's Speak be honest. For yourself. <laughs> and so 
we we decided, hey, let's play some some flag football. So somebody round, rounded up some people. Rounded up some people. So I think Sean Montana bought some flags. Of course, everybody's got a football in their car. No big deal. We got some people brought out the, the receiver gloves. Yeah. So we got there to play, and Double A and I ended up on opposite teams, and you know everybody well, knew they couldn't put us together. They couldn't. That's, it, that's true. We, yeah, we would shut the place down. We get out there, and you know everybody gets competitive in their own way, and so you know I start making some catches near the sideline, toe tapping, and Double A is having none of it. I mean, every time I'm catching and dragging feet, he's going, "There's no way you caught that. Your feet are out." And I'm going, "There is a way I caught that. My feet are right there. You can see the cleat marks. This and that." So we're going back, and at this time, Adam and I had kind of known each other. Yeah, you hadn't been there very long. I hadn't, I hadn't really been a, like, I hadn't really been cutting highlights and stuff. Yeah. I think I, I was logging tapes in February. They moved me over to Full Time Speed Center and Hub in like July. So from July to, um, I it guess was that was December. December when we were playing, yeah. But we obviously that's where it was, it was like December, yeah. And so we had kind of known each other, but we weren't as good as friends as we are now. So, you know, I didn't really know. I knew his personality, but not, like, competitive-wise. And then, like, it was one touchdown pass, and I caught it, and me and you started screaming at each other, no, it was in, no, it was not in, yes, it was in, are you blind? And I think the whole rest of the game we were talking trash back and forth, going, like, you're like why don't you get those two feet in? And I was like, why don't you, you know, upgrade your eyesight, old man, and stuff like that. Like, it got back and forth. Well, I, was, I wasn't even 40, man. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm not kidding. The two of you yelling at each other was like the Super Bowl was on the line. That's it right, was, man. It was. It was. Oh, man. It was, well, let me tell you, Tom. I never got to play in the Super Bowl. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was the yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah, that's right. It. So I think, so, you know, I can't remember who won that game because I know there were, a lot of people were hurting afterwards because I know Double A said that was the last time he's ever played football. He said, yeah. I was going to tell you. Yeah, I remember you coming in like a couple days later at work saying, yeah, there's no way I was playing it. But, so I'm sitting there, go back home. And I'm hanging out, and I get this, I think, uh, the call from a number that I don't recognize. So I'm like, it's a 704 air code. I pick it up, and, and it's Adam. He's like, hey, man, I just I just want to let you know I apologize if I upset you out there today. You know, my competitive juices got flowing. I'm like, dude, man, it's all good. Like, no worries. Like, we were just having fun playing football, competitive going, so we're, we're fine. And, like, then Tom hits me up. He's like, yeah, double A asked for your number. He felt so bad about that. And I was like, no, nah, dude, we were solid. Because you were like, I'll take you out to lunch sometime. We can I don't do want to make anybody mad. You know I mean? like, I'm all about winning, but I don't make anybody yeah. mad. We left the emotion on the field. It was yeah. gone after that. But yeah, that was, that was that classic. Was... I was like, oh, okay. So then after that, I think we became – you know, better colleagues and more, you know, friendship kind of blossomed, if you want to say there. But Once you break down that wall, it's all good. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So that was, yeah, you know, if you haven't had a good athletic spat, you can't be friends. That's <laughs> true. I mean? What the That's heck? actually you still, very interesting. You still feeling the physical effects of that game? No, I think I overcame that. Um, <laughs> now, though, you know, it's funny, like, you, you, know, you guys don't know this yet, but, like, you... You know, when you, you get like between 35 and 40, you start feeling these things that you didn't feel before. Yeah. And then when you go over 40, you still try to do things that, that really you probably shouldn't be doing. Like tonight I was at the baseball practice with the boys, and we do the relay at the end, right? Yeah. So we put half the team at second, half the team yep. at home, and we go and see who wins the race. Well, we, we had 11 kids tonight, so I joined them. Oh, and, no, 12. And, and we got one kid that, that's slow. We slow. So I'm on that team, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get us a lead. Yeah. And then, I, so I take off the first, and I'm looking, and I'm thinking, well, I'm going to be hitting first, and that kid's going to be just beyond where the shortstop yeah. should be. 
And I'll be dang if that little fart didn't beat me. Like, oh my God, like I'm here to get this team a lead. Like I have an overinflated ego of myself and I'm running against nine and ten year olds, you know? It's embarrassing. And then my team loses and they're mad at me, you know? Yeah, that's how it goes, man. That's I'm, how it goes. I'm not too far off of that. I'm 33 years old. I'm going to a heavy metal concert tomorrow night in the pit. And I'm scared because I threw my back out last week grocery shopping. That's not how, that's not a good indication. No, no you're going to be. Are you? Do you have to work the next day? No, I'm off for five days. Well, I got then, plenty of time to recover. Then that's that's your saving grace there. That's if right. You didn't you that's would be right. calling uh, up Stephanie be, saying, "Hey, it's going to be fun." Uh, you need to call call Brian Buckhauer because I'm not going to Lord help us all. Lord, yeah, there's no way I'm going to do it. All right, where are yeah. we sitting right now, Jerry? We're sitting are pretty we, deep. Are we at the, uh, yeah, uh, the notebook? Well, actually, yeah, let's do the notebook. But first. So, Adam, I saw you looking at the sauce there. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, so, it's my buddy's sauce, Triple Whammy. Uh-huh. Uh, I've known him since high school. He's our a sponsor for us, if you may say. Okay. Usually, we do a trivia challenge, but since you're here by yourself, we'll give you a free bottle. Okay. Um, that's the sweet heat. I would suggest using it, like, if you throw it on some chicken, but, you know, grill the chicken or bake the chicken. It's not necessarily a dipping sauce. It's got some molasses in there, so it's kind of a... But once you heat it up, the flavor really pops on that. Okay, good. But definitely go, and then there's a if you he's got two other flavors, a honey mustard, and then a all-purpose sauce. You can go on his website, Triple Whammy, and use the beers watching at twenty five percent off. But they're okay, good, good deal. Stuff, he yeah, us up. He does so. Stuff. For those who haven't listened to the podcast before, or Adam, who making your first appearance, we have a notebook with random questions in it. All right. Jerrianna, Jacob's wife, has written most of these. We've had a few contributed by fans online. So we haven't seen all of them. We've seen some of them. So we give you the notebook. You get the power. You get to pick a question. Anything that's been checked off has already been used, so anything that hasn't been checked off is fair game. You ask the question, we all answer, and then and we check all off, answer. Check off yeah, whichever okay. one you used. All right, man. While, while you're looking that over, we'll give you some time to do some thinking, okay. do a little housekeeping. We uh, we've had this year or running game now that we started with Greg Kelly a few weeks ago, involving the game or the TV show Survivor. Yeah. We all pick teams. We have fantasy teams. Week two this past week, my girl Mari got voted out. Yep. Pretty people turned on her and voted her out. So I got two points. I'm now leading. The way the league works, that means that I'm down a person, so it's going to come back and bite me yeah. in the end. So I've got two points. Jarianna has one because she lost a person in the first week. You and Greg, Jacob, are still tied at zero points, mm-hmm. but you have your full team, so you're still looking pretty. And then the other thing that we're doing, we've got a uh, NFL Pick'em League that we've been doing. We have a four-way tie for the lead now after Dude, four the, weeks. the separation between first and, like, tenth is only two games. Yeah, it's, it's and this points. week there was a lot of upsets. Yeah. There was games that people that didn't pick the right way. First, let's give a shout-out to all the people who haven't made any picks or only <laughs> made picks in week one. Thanks for letting us not be in last. Yeah, all right, because exactly. I know now I'm not going to finish in last – so I'm cool with that. So let's see. Our, uh, I think Nate's in first. Yeah, well, it's, so it's, it's the tie, Nate, right? Nate, you, myself, Buck, yeah. and Jesse Morrison. Wow. Jesse Morrison Pine. Well, that's a whole new top four there after a week. I mean, well, so no, this, Jesse, Jesse's been up there. No, last week she wasn't. She I had dropped and she dropped back up. Yeah, I mean, the top it was Wendy. Now Wendy's, I think, in second, tied for second place. I think I'm tied for second as well or third. Uh, Carrie is currently sitting second by herself. Okay, I'm tied for third. There's a four-way tie for third. Uh, I don't know who Honey Badger is. Whoever Honey Badger is. That's Josh. Josh and Wendy. So you, Josh, and Wendy are tied for third. 
So yeah, we've got a pretty good, uh, pretty good battle there. We thank everybody for continuing to pick. Or, just, like I said, or in the case of uh, Ralph not picking, yeah, he put in, he got his four picks in week yeah, one. Little Bill, little Bill Cosby's yeah. down there, yeah. So yeah, that's our that's our housekeeping. And then somebody, one of your buddies, doesn't pick. He never put one in, and I'm yeah. not going to bug him. All right, that's so, I mean, like I said, I appreciate them for. We won't be in last place. And uh, people have been asking us, uh, a couple people at work, about more T-shirts. We will be doing more T-shirts somewhere around Thanksgiving, probably, yep. early November, so that we can do a Christmas order. Yep. So, so uh, your, there, will your, be, there will be details coming in about a month. Yeah. You'll be able to get your, your Christmas presents for anybody in your family or yourself out. There are some really good questions on here. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, they are. They're fantastic. So what are you, what are you thinking there? Gosh, I don't know. This is tough. This one I can't even read. What was the last thing you what about? Lied. Lied about. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's yeah, I don't know. Yeah, let's not go there. Let's, yeah, let's <laughs> not go there at all. All right. Um, how about if you had your own reality show, what's it called? Ooh. If you had your own reality show, what's it called? I have to answer this question, too. We all do. All three of us. Okay. Oh. <sighs> I mean, I'll make it easy. For me... It's me, it's TNP. Well, <laughs> that's a good one. I like that one. Uh, no, I mean, it's the hashtag that I use all the time and you guys give me crap about. It. It's Horns Up. Oh, It's God. my obsession with heavy metal. But... The fact that I love heavy metal... I get that, but your life isn't heavy metal. I mean, you haven't seen me at a concert. Yeah, I, yeah, but that's just one aspect. But you always say how much a big wussy you are. Like, if somebody really confronted you, you wouldn't, like... You know, I get it. I'm not going to... All right, how about this one? How about this one? I tried to pitch, pitch this a few uh, months ago at work. I wanted to do a segment called In the Pits with uh, a couple this of... that one. Do you ever you wear? No. <laughs> Tom, here. You're not going to pitch, Tom. We've talked about that. We have talked about that. No, there's a few uh, young race drivers that uh, are obsessed with heavy metal as well. So I wanted to do a segment where we take them to concerts. It's about your life. But racing, pits, it all works. I'm going in the pits. In the pits. In the pits. Okay. You got my jet, but okay. I would, I would have to say, obviously I'm married, so I got to, you know, my wife's going to have to be in it. So it would have to be something around like, you know, the the J-Roll Nations. Because we're both, Jacob and Jerryanna, so we're both keeping the J and J-Roll. So like maybe, you know, jumping with the J-Rolls or something around there. I don't know. Something crazy like that. I think that. you just go J-Roll Nation. Or we could go J-Roll Nations. Or J-Roll, yeah. Be just J-Roll yeah, Nation. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. All right. So I, I would say that mine would would have to be something uh, A related yeah. since that's the nickname that I've kind of taken over here. Um Ironically, Audra and I, you know, we're both double A's. Oh, look at that. That's two of them. That's cool. But here's my thing. I've always wanted to have a show. Like, I might do, like, double A undercover. Like, I've always wanted to go out and do, like, a hidden camera thing, which isn't really a reality show. Yeah. But mess with people. Kind of like the, where they do the, people are Uber drivers, but it's like Shaquille O'Neal and he's dressed up and he... Yeah, not like really, when I say undercover, I mean, that that would insinuate that like I'm, you know, like people are going to know who I am. (laughs) Maybe that's not... So is it it more like punked? The uh, Yeah, like, yeah, just where like people, you know, I can, I can be a pretty good idiot. I mean, a lot of that's natural, (laughs) but like just totally go like, you know, at the lady in the grocery store, you know I mean? You're right there at the green bean aisle and go up to her and be like, can you tell me where the green beans are? You know what I mean? Just like (laughs) totally spin out people. Like, I just think that would be great because 
people people are what make it happen, you That's know? True. So, Actually, so, so let me ask this question. Do you do that in your real life? Mostly to mess with other people, but someone um, to mess with your wife too, just to put yeah, her yeah, or my kids now. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. It, I mean, like my daughter. You know, she's twelve. I'm gonna be thirteen. Yeah. She's at that age where everything's embarrassing. Yeah, right? you can't yeah. do that. So yeah. I do it. Yeah. You know? Well, it's funny. You do that. One of my favorite things to do with my buddies is like, say it's like me and my wife. We go out, but we've got like two of my guy friends that come out. So they always come and say, "How are we gonna split these checks up?" And I go, "Oh, me and her, but these two, they're going through a relationship quarrel." And they're just, they both, now they're, people are immune to it. They know I'm going to say it, so they play along and go, yeah, you know, he wanted to switch to the catcher, so I couldn't do it. Just, and this, the waitress' face just lights up like, oh, my gosh, like, are they really doing this? So I enjoy doing that stuff. Just put people on the spot. Like, if, you know, you, you catch somebody, you make a fart noise in the middle of the t- target, and you turn around and blame somebody next to you, just to see the other people react and be like, I can't believe that grown woman just cut cheese out. Oh, yeah, you know? that's it. That stuff is fun like that. We so. need that. We need yeah, that. Yeah, we do need more. Especially when I'm with my sister. There's nothing that my sister's a junior in college. So, yeah, any chance I can to embarrass her in public, I take because it's the same thing. Your daughter's only going to get better. You know, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> and it won't be long, though. She's playing along. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. Now, we'll throw this out. You said, I, I didn't even realize you were an Audra with double A. Did you ever think, like, when you started having kids, to keep that going? So, okay. So, Audra So, you would I, all just be the double A's. Yeah. So, you know, Audra and I get married. Yep. She becomes Audra Alexander, double A and double A. So, I was doing the University of Evansville basketball games. And, and where you broadcast the games, it was like... You'd go up and you kind of walk down almost like this this hallway above the arena, and there were suites all along there. Yeah. And then in the middle was the press box and the radio booth, yeah. right? So instead of being courtside, you were up above. That's, yeah. that's where we broadcasted at Robert Stadium, an arena that, that no longer exists. It was torn down. So there were two ladies that when you got to the top of the elevator, they would sign in people if they were coming for the suite. So you'd yeah. say, hey, I'm here. I'm with the old National Bank suite. Okay, we'll sign in. You'd show your tickets, and they would take you down to your yeah. suite, right, and unlock the door. So these two ladies, once the game started, they had nothing to do. So one night I show up to the game, and they're talking and whatever, and we tell them that Audra's expecting, and they're like, oh, that is so exciting. So during the game that night, because they have nothing to do for two hours, they made us a sheet of names where our kids' initials could be triple A. No. Yes, they did. I mean, a full notebook page full of names. Oh, my goodness. A, A, No wonder this place is torn down. Yeah. So (laughs) I I kept that. I don't know where it is now, but for the longest time I kept that. Neither one of our children. They they both actually have the initial K and not not A. Okay. I just didn't know if that ever crossed your mind. No, we didn't want to do that. Because that's something like I've kind of thought about. Like, it'd be kind of cool if y'all kept... J roll, but even if you had a daughter, then eventually they'd change it. But I mean, it's not like I went out looking for somebody with a J name. Like, oh, yeah. we gotta make it J roll. Yeah, that wasn't part thing. of my process. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just so, out there. Well, how did you end up beating Audrey? So, um, my uncle um, is a high school basketball coach. Okay. And um, when I first got out of college, I went to college for two years. Okay. So I got out of college. And I got a job where my uncle was coaching. Yeah. So it was like, I got to have a place to live. So I just moved in his basement, right? And, you know, I wasn't dating anybody. Actually, I had been engaged and that got broken mm-hmm. up. And so I was just like, man, you know, the heck with it. Mm-hmm. women. I'm just going to go work on my career, right? Fair enough. So he keeps teasing me about, you ever going to get a date? You know, whatever. And, 
So he he comes home one day says, I found a girl. You should, I got her number. I want you to call her. I'm like, is she a teacher at your school? And he's like, no, she's a student. I'm like, a student? <laughs> I mean, what the hell? Yeah. He's like, well, you're only 20. And I'm like, well, I guess. Because I only went to college for two yeah, years. Yeah, I was young for my class. And so he's like, I'm telling you, you should call her. And I'm like, I ain't calling a high school girl. <laughs> well, then his two assistant coaches that were my age, right, they were college students. They were still in college. They were coaching Audrey's little brother. And they said, hey, man, this is a good fan. You, you ought to call her. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I trust these guys. Maybe yeah. I should. So I call Audrey up. And uh, and anyway, boom. boom. We, we, we talked on the phone for a couple weeks. Yeah. And we went out on a date. And we've been together ever since. And that was what year? That would have been in like May of 1994. Wow. So we've been together, you know, 22 years. Been married wow. 18 years. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, how about that? That's crazy, isn't it? That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Well, now the world knows. I know they've been waiting to hear this. Well, absolutely. <laughs> That's yeah. the stuff you don't get on Race Up Every Day. So. Exactly. And I'm glad we hit on some of that. We talked sports. Now we're talking a little life. Yeah, you know. I did. I did have one more question before we wrap this That's up. That's not. No, you can't around, do that. I'm just kidding. Go ahead, Tom. Let's have some. So fun. you you've been working in TV for a while. You worked in radio. You've covered racing. You've covered football. You've covered basketball. Just about everything. Is there a moment in your career, an event that stands out in your mind? Something that you always remember? Um. Gosh. You know, I've been real lucky to do some neat things. Um, you know. Probably on my, you know, on my short list, when I was doing the University of Evansville basketball games, they went to the NCAA tournament in 1999, mm-hmm. and I grew up, uh, I'm out of a college basketball fan growing yeah. up, and doing those games, I loved it, and and they haven't been to the tournament since actually, but wow. they won the Missouri Valley Conference regular season that year, got beaten the conference championship game by Creighton. So they had to wait, and that was Missouri Valley played their championship game on a Monday night. Selection Sunday wasn't until the following Sunday. Yeah. So they got beat and had to wait six days to find out if they could get an at-large. Wow. They got an at-large bid, and we played in the Superdome in New Orleans wow. in the opening round against Kansas. And uh, Kentucky was there, too. And with two big blue bloods like that at the same location, Jim Nance and Billy Packer, were, were there announcing those games. Yeah. So that was that was quite an experience. Wow. And Evansville came out and got up early on Kansas, and you were like, oh, my gosh, this could be one yeah. of those moments. Now, they came back and took care of business in the second half. So that was one. When, when I was doing football on FS1 a couple of years ago, um, we went to Oklahoma. That was, that was a pretty cool experience yeah. to say you've done a game there. But you know what? I grew up in Indianapolis, and I did six Indy 500s on the radio. And just knowing what the radio broadcast means to that community, to be a part of that race day, that probably is about as cool a thing as I've done. Awesome. Yeah. I want to brag on you a little bit because we've worked together for about five years now. And one moment that always sticks in my mind and I tell people about all the time is... Yeah, he already told us this story earlier today, too. So he's, he's, he's been chomping. What? <laughs> in, uh, I think it was uh, 2012... Daytona Xfinity race. Oh, yeah. It was a bad wreck where Kyle Larson's car went into the catch fence. Debris went into the, the stands. Some fans were hurt. Luckily, nobody, nobody died. And at speed, we ended up going on air to cover the post-race crash. And you ended up on air for about two and a half hours with no commercials. And you were such a professional. And as a team, we really handled it so well. And it was... 
one of the it was a bad situation, but it was still a moment that I was proud of to be a part of. And the fact that you were leading us out in the studio, I, I always remember that, and I tell people about that all the time. And I'm glad, getting a little sappy here, but I'm glad to have worked with you for the last few years. And, it's and been an obviously, we don't have a camera, but Tom just took a tissue and wiped it. That was a proud moment yeah. because, you know, that. Sometimes things just happen. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you don't you don't prepare. Yeah, we were we were ready to go. Like it was a late race. We had a one speed center, thirty minute show. We were all like we'd been there for a while. We were like we were gonna get out, and then all of a sudden that happened, and we were like, okay, we're not leaving at nine p.m. like we were supposed to. We're all about to be here, but we all knew this is live TV. This is what you signed up for. Stuff like this happens. Strap on, get ready for the ride, and just do what you got to do. You know what's funny about that though? So that was. Daytona weekend, and all of the, I mean, it was a huge story in the motorsports world, yep. and a lot of the Fox executives were at the track, and, and you know, in and, and that was the last where. Daytona with speed, though. It was. Yeah. Yep. You're right. Yeah. But our executives that, that probably didn't pay real close attention to, to Speed Center at the time, and and certainly, you know, on a Saturday evening, I mean, they normally wouldn't have been watching. Yeah. But that story was so captivating. Yep. And we had made the decision to stick with it. I, I honestly think that went a long way in in me gaining the respect of people at a higher level of Fox because it was, you know, we, we did handle that well and it went good for us. And so that, you know, that was that was a big moment for sure. Yeah, yeah I definitely think it helped, though it was so early in the season and before everything happened and changed, that it helped to kind of say, oh, because a lot of people in L.A. thought we were just a podunk HRM home run, like one of those little, you know, Fox Sports Southeast or wherever, like we're in a, a, a storage shed producing TV. And they realize, oh, these guys actually know what they're doing out there. Like, no, I didn't shit, you know what I mean? It, 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 it did. Because I remember after that, people were like, oh, okay, so they can produce good. Because, again, people out in LA, maybe one, you know, a couple of them are watching Speed Center and Race Hub because even when we flipped over, they still had no idea what Race Hub was just on that side of the, of the globe. But I think that did go with some of the execs. Like, oh, okay, okay, we have some good yeah. workers out there, so mm-hmm. it did help. I do. Think yeah, that was a good out. moment for everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, it was, yeah. it was a great team effort. Yes, it was. Yeah, absolutely. So, Adam, we'll uh, we'll wrap up here. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, yeah, it was, it was great. Fun. I enjoyed it. It was really really fun. Glad we'll, to be a part uh, of it. We'll, we'll give our our typical spiel at the end here. If you want to follow us on social media, we're on uh, Facebook at the Beards Watch Podcast, Twitter and Instagram at the Beards Watch. I'm at, it's me, it's TMP, Jacob is J-Roll Nation. Adam, you only have a Twitter, correct? No Facebook, no yeah. Instagram. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> my credit scores were not good enough to get those accounts. That's fair. So it took me a little while to get you to get up to speed on Twitter, but you're there now, so you're, you're yeah, good. Yeah, I figured out how it works. At Adam1Alexander, if you want to give him a follow. And then so. if, you, if, you eat, if you send stuff to the Fox Sports 1 building, he will sign it for you. Absolutely. Just let him know because he still yeah. owes me a signed photograph. That Twelve twenty West WT Harris. Send him his playing cards. Send him everything, and he'll sign it for you and get it mailed back out. Absolutely. So, all right. Any final final words? No, thanks for having me. It was awesome. I had a good time. Okay. Now everybody's going to think you're a Yankees fan, so that should work That's well okay. for you on That's Twitter. All right. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Precious child, and no mother's love. Jesus, I'm gonna take a ride.
Precious child, and no mother's love.